Okay, thank you so much for joining us today for the first session of 10 over 10 conversation with Licks. Um, as you all know, my name is Alali Kongudairo and um, I'm so glad to be sharing this with you at such a time like this when we are ending the um, the incredible year 2020 and um, as we look forward to starting 2021. It's really an amazing um, journey towards this year. I mean, looking at everything that has happened, um, history books will perhaps not forget what has happened in the year 2020, but we are sure and confidence that 2021 hold better promises and um yeah we're all looking forward to an amazing 2021 and then we may here have somebody that i look up to a lot um i've known him for over a decade um he's been a he's been a mentor he's been um he's been a father and um, i'm so excited to be sharing one of my this is my first conversation actually this is one of my this is my first conversation in this series this 10 series conversation and I'm excited that he's the first person that I'm actually having this chat with. And um, his name is Dr. Luashei Okewale. And um, uh, he practices as a medical doctor and um, he's the husband of one. <laughs> and uh, so um, uh, he's also a pastor as well. I mean, for some of us, he's a pastor to us. For some people, he's a medical doctor. So um, so he's, he's, uh, he's multifaceted in terms of what he does and um, in terms of the expressions in which he gives to the, um, the giftings of God in him. So, um, Dr. Pastor Uluwashi Yokewale, you're welcome, sir. Um, let me say good evening to you over there. Yeah, hello, good evening. Uh, thank you for having me. I hope you can hear me now and play all this. Yes, I can. I can. I can. I can. All right. So, so that we can just get... Yes, sir. You're welcome, sir. So that we can just get into the topic, and uh, we'll be discussing about prayer and communion uh, today. And I, and I think prayer and communion is, is a very important part of um, the Christian walk. Um, I, I personally believe that um, our effectiveness is, is based on um, our communication with a God that created us and that ability to be able to go back to God, I think is something that is very critical and is very important. And um, uh, Pastor, I just wanted to just, um, what comes to your mind when, when the word prayer and communion actually comes up? What, what comes to your mind, sir? Well, uh, I'd say that it's for me, I, I think both comes together really. Uh, communion is sort of like, uh, well, there are different words you could want to use for that. Um, say prayer, say communion, say fellowshipping, say um, having a communication or a conversation. So for me, they are, um, they, they, they are synonyms in terms of prayer. And to be honest, it's not a spiritual word. I think it's an English word. So I could easily tell somebody, I pray you. I meaning that I am engaging you in a conversation. I'm making like a request to you. And um, I expect that when I make such conversations or when I make such requests, I get a response from you as an individual. And I think that then brings it back to um, the um, spirits or the uh, religious setting or the spirit setting where you would also expect that when we then make such conversation, it's meant to be like, um, communication between two people, um, 
and it's not like a radio kind of a thing. So as a, as a radio kind of a thing, you are presenting, you're, you're reaching out, you're not communicating because communication is meant to be a two-way thing. And, and so for me, prayer is it's an English word, like I said, and also I believe that it is meant to be a form of communication that is a forward and backward kind of um, flow and not just a one-way thing. Yeah, yeah. Thank, th- thank you very much for that. So I, I mean, I, I, and I like how you you started talking about the fact that it is a, it's an English word. So uh, it's better for us to establish it first about the fact that it's not just um, a, a spiritual word, so to say, but it's something is an English word that can be brought into our realities as a as a as a believer or as somebody that lives on the surface of the earth. So we can bring that reality of um, it being an English word into our relationship and. Um, I like how you also said how you, how you lay emphasis on the fact that it's a it's a dialogue and then um, majority of people know this. I mean, prayer being a dialogue in terms of the fact that nobody wants to talk to somebody that that is not going to talk to them back. In that way, um, there is no flow. You're not you're not having a conversation with that person. I mean, that that might be a way of thinking of somebody like somebody that is insane, as the case may be. Because if I'm talking to someone and that person is not giving me a feedback, uh, and I, I think he's not going to um, isn't, that is not going to really be able to. To, um, to so that's not going to be an established conversation. That is just going to, or, or a, a link of communication. That's just going to be a one-way communication, and there's no feedback. There's no instructions. Uh, I, I I want to learn something from Young Gicho, and he was talking about, and I know you know this as a medical doctor, and he said um, how how the tongue is connected to every part of the body, um, and how the reason why conversations are prayer and conversations are very important. But as we are saying those words, even our body. Are actually aligning to those words. I want you to talk about um, the place of vocals in, in the life of human beings in general. Place of what? The place of vocals, like the place of vocals. Like what place does the, the tongue and the mouth actually place in, even in the life of human beings generally? Because I, I know you're a medical doctor. So I want to, what, what is the place of vocals? Well, uh, I'd say that, uh, well, for me, all from my understanding, um, the tongue, the mouth itself, is an organ of expression. Uh, as a matter of fact, there, there, there are a lot of ways you can express yourself, but none, none of these things would, would, would um, fit into the ability for you to express with your mouth. And, and so for me, it's, it's an organ of expression. Of course, we can then begin to look at it in scriptural light, saying the power of life and death lies in the power. Sorry, uh, the the power of life, uh, life and death is in the tongue. That is the power of the tongue in the book of James thereabouts. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you also find that that um, so so well medically speaking, you talk about it as an organ of expression where you then communicate. Of course, uh, from the medical point of view, the, the the speech itself is not coming from your tongue; it's coming from your vocal cords then that flows into your mouth and all of that. But that's not what we're here to talk about. But then it is an organ of expression without which it might also be very, very difficult for you to be able to express yourself. Now, taking it a bit further, let's now talk about it in the light of some of these things we're talking about. We then realize that um, sometimes, uh, okay, let's start from the fact that um, the Bible was saying that uh, from the abundance of the heart, then the mouth speaks. That means that um, whatever you see that you're thinking, um, it is from there that your your speech comes out from. But then, um, but, but let's 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 take it into the Old Testament where um, God was saying to the children of Israelites, and they were saying that as they have said it in my ears. That means it is not what they are thinking; it is what they are saying. 
That means, uh, it said, as they have said in my ear, so will I do unto them. That means if they don't say it, I won't assume they know it. Okay. Uh, so they have got to say it. So that there's a component of saying that there's something that is very, very significant about, um, about our, our voice. And then bring it to Jesus himself, how uh, he, the Bible was talking about the fact that he shouted and screamed even on the cross when he was saying, Eloi, Eloi, saying, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? Of him opening his mouth. Now let's go into it. Let's take it into the realms of prayer. You then realize that there, uh, for every time Jesus had to do things, he had to open his mouth. So when he, when he was rebuking the storm, he had to open his mouth by saying, "Peace be still." When he was going to raise Lazarus, he had to um, he had to first give thanks by opening his mouth, which is expression, and then he shouted, "Lazarus, come forth!" And then when we were talking about the healing of that young girl. He had to um, talita kumi, meaning damsel I see unto you arise. He had to speak. That's three already. Let's go to the fourth one. Um, let, uh, you, you talk about even apart from the fact that he, he was speaking, he, he also made it a point of duty to ask people or to engage people that are, that speaks. So um, give a, a very good example uh, is the blind man, blind man that had to shout and was saying Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy on me. I like that story a lot because he was saying that, Oh, Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy on me. And people were saying something to him like, Oh, you need to stop shouting. You need to stop shouting. But he knew that his, 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 his ability to receive is also dependent on his ability to speak. And so he kept shouting. Or he kept shouting. But interestingly, that wasn't even the whole story because when Jesus then got to him, he asked him a question. What do you want? Meaning that it was it was most likely obvious that Jesus knew he was blind. Jesus probably saw that he was blind. Everybody would have known he was blind, but Jesus was still asking him, "What do you want?" And interestingly, it was a function of. And then he said unto him, "He said that how I receive my sight." That means Jesus engaged him in a conversation that how I receive my sight. And uh, and and so, if Jesus were to be standing physically with us today, do we do we? assume that he knows or do we express our thought process and interestingly the same thing applies to marriages the same thing applies to friendship the same thing applies to relationships that we don't leave things based on the assumptions we we actually leave things based on what we express and expression by behavior is not the best form of expression expression by uh, communication by vocal expression is very very important. I don't know if I've touched some of the things you probably want okay, me to okay, touch, okay. but that's the way I perceive it. So I would like to interject to uh, something that you said about how that blind man actually called out to Jesus. And um, I want to I, I want to digress a bit into um, when we say people pray loud and people pray uh, very quiet. You know, I, I've seen I've seen a lot of people I've seen a lot of people talk about uh, what's it called. I've seen a lot of people talk about the fact that. Um, I see a lot of people talk about the fact that uh, you are supposed to pray loud. Some people will say, "Oh, you are supposed to pray quiet." You know, I've seen those. Um, I've seen those those dynamics, and then people have always asked themselves, "Should I pray loud? Should I pray quiet?" You know, um, what what can you say about that, sir? Well, for me, I, I don't think there's any biblical way to pray. Mm -hmm. I I I think uh, it's a personal thing. I wouldn't use the word it's uh, it's mandatory for everybody to shout. But to be honest, if I go practical, I then see that there's a point you get to in, in, in prayers or in the place of prayer that you find it, that it is very, very difficult um, 
not to enter certain realms. It, it, it sounds to me like realm, but that does not necessarily mean shouting. So, so I, 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 while I would not condemn people that are shouting, I would also not condemn people not shouting. And the word shouting sometimes is, is a variable word. Sometimes when you pray loud, you also want to consider which environment you're praying. You want to consider, um, of course, Jesus was saying that your father will hear you in secret. That means he can hear you in secret. All you need to do, communication, you are communicating to God and he doesn't need a speaker for him to hear you. He only needs to hear you make statements. And you know sometimes you want to talk to your partner in a gathering and you don't shout it. You just whisper it into the person's ear. Yeah. Jesus hears that. Yeah. Uh, the, the Bible was talking about the woman with the issue of blood. He said, my baby, if I may, but touch the hem of his garment. Nobody had that conversation. He was in direct communication with, yeah. his, with her father, with yeah. God. And then he taught, she touched Jesus and she was made old. And he took Jesus to say, somebody touched me because virtue had left me before yeah. she came out publicly. So yeah. that, 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 so I, I, we've had blind Bartimaeus shouting and calling for help. Um, and so in, in the real sense of it, it all depends on the environment you find yourself. Sometimes it, it sort of depends on, because there are different kinds of prayers really, or there are different forms or modalities of prayers. So sometimes it all depends on what, what exactly you're praying about. And also, I think it's also a doctrinal thing and also an upbringing thing. Some are already accustomed to praying loudly. Some do it because they don't want to sleep off. They say we're about people pacing when praying or kneeling down when praying or standing when praying or taking whatever position that works for them. You know, um, when Jesus was in the garden praying and all of that, the only thing that we knew about was the fact that the Bible was saying that he prayed so much that his sweat was as though blood was dripping off him. Yeah. Uh, we were not so sure if he was shouting. And, but the thing Jesus was making, uh, when he was giving thanks and praying about uh, waking up Lazarus, everybody had it. The Father, I thank you because you've always heard me. Now confirm to these people. So, so, so uh, there are different ways or there are different patterns. I, I don't think there's anyone that is the gold standard. I think it depends on individual, it depends on the environment, it depends on application of wisdom per time. Okay. Uh, I, I, I think um, that, that, that now connects back to next thing I want to ask you because um, I, I love how you responded to that. Um, I remember Job also saying one time that, um, that he caught some wish parts from, from, from God. And I think um, that, that now boils to the point that the fact that um, the familiarity with God's voice and God's tone actually matters a lot in our work so that we'll be able to recognize God's voice. So I wanted to talk about the place of journey, in journey with God, you know, in place, because you, 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 you spoke about dialogue and um, I, I, can, I can be familiar with, with your voice better based on my relationship with you. So that means that if, if, if there are a thousand voices in a particular place or there are people that are speaking several in a particular place, if Pastor Shei speaks to me, I will know that it is Pastor Shei based on the kind of relationship I have with you. So I want to talk about um, our journey, you know, as believers and how he helps us to be familiar with the voice of God because of those moments when it looks as though the, the environment around us is noisy, but we can still pick the wish paths of God. So I, I want you to talk around that, sir. Okay, um, Paul was saying something about um, uh, strong men belong to those who, by reason of use, have their senses exercised unto um, uh, wisdom and all of that, um, and knowledge and all of that. Uh, uh, that means he's saying King James just likes to use it in a complex kind of English. He's saying that it's only establishing what biology eventually establishes as a theory of use, meaning that what you don't use, you lose. Anything you've not been accustomed to using, you gradually begin to lose it. You know, it's so interesting that they even used to assume that human beings or 
Homo sapiens at some point, they had tail. But because we were not wagging our tail, we lost our tail because it's atrophied. And that's the base, our uh, buttocks bone, which is the cochlear bone. Now, let's bring it to what I'm saying. That means what we don't use, we, we are bound to lose them. Now, um, uh, to, to take it further, Jesus was saying in the book of John, he said, I know my sheep. He said, they hear my voice. He said, the voice of an hireling, they would, they, would not, they would not respond to. That is, whoever is a stranger, they will not listen or hear a stranger because they know my voice. That means um, uh, the ability of a sheep to respond to their shepherd's voice is a function of use or time. In the function of time, you know, you wonder how a small, tiny, um, uh, young boy is leading a full head of cattle. It's all a function of time and, and, and use and practice. Now, what then happens is that if we have not have our senses exercised to the point of picking things in the spirit, I think it's going to be a bit of a struggle. Although there are a lot of variables that comes to, with that as well. Variables like even if you are very familiar with the voice of God or if you know the voice of God, um, what are the prevailing circumstances? There are times that you feel that you know the voice of God, you sure you think you hear the voice of God, but all you are listening to is the voice of your mind or the voice coming from within you. Or maybe because you like if you're trying to talk to God about that issue and then God is... Um, um, you think you had God giving you a go-ahead, but in the real sense of it is because you actually wanted that thing. It wasn't mm-hmm. God talking to you. Mm-hmm. I think that then brings place of the word of God. That whatever you then think you hear him, God saying to you, that does not align with the scriptures, then it is not God speaking to you. You know, and um, secondly, I think the, one of the very, very big struggles we tend to have as believers is that for many of us, the only or the best time we tend to hear God are the moments where we are asking him for things. They are not the moments where we are trying to engage him, either in the place of worship, either in the place of um, thanksgiving, either in the place of just fellowshipping and receiving light from the word of God. The, the first time somebody wants to hear God is about marriage, about let me just try and inter, inter, interject yeah. again. I, I like I like how you said about um um how um hearing the voice of God for we has become more um transactional and, and I like how you're saying it's about the fact that because I, I don't need to always talk to my earthly father based on any every time I need something from him. I mean I can imagine a father in which it's only when I need something from him I talk to him. Every other time everybody stays in separate corners of their house, so we, we all stay apart. And I like how you've also brought the word of God. And I want you to further and um, uh, elaborate um, um, a conversation around the word of God in the place of prayer and communion. Because I've seen a lot of people, um, and I've seen a lot of people and a lot of Christians come to God, but they don't study the Bible. They just every, they just want to just pray. They want, they want to pray, 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 pray. And I've also seen people that have always said, oh, when I want to pray for 40 minutes, after 10 minutes, I don't know what I want to say again. I've seen that kind of scenario where they're like, oh, how do you people pray for two hours? What are you people saying? Okay. So well, I want you to speak around that. Sir. Okay. So, so, so I, I think I'm going to be a bit practical about that. Uh, and, you know, because uh, I, I really don't like um, this. I think one of the challenges we have is people forming macho Christians, meaning that it looks like they are, the people that have arrived are none of those days. Mm-hmm. I think for me, you say, for example, early part of this year, so sometime around COVID, uh, that was around March there about, I, I just sensed the need, the need to engage more in the 
in the act of prayer and praying in tongues, which is praying in the spirit. And then I was brooding about that. I'm brooding about that. And um, I, I've come to realize in one of the things that, that makes prayer fun. And interestingly, one of the things that makes prayer appear to be long is that you pray the word of God. Because the truth about it is that the scriptures would not interpret itself to you except you engage. Uh, in, in, in terms of, so you open it, you, you're giving thanks in prayer, for example, Father, I thank you for this thing. I thank you for my life. I just thank you, and I'm thanking you, I'm thanking you. And then, maybe the scripture pops in your heart. Enter his gate with thanksgiving and his court with praise. So, Father, I thank you because I'm entering into your grave with thanksgiving, and I'm entering into your court with praise. He said, give thanks to him and bless his holy. Father, your name is holy. Then you don't, then realize that you begin to acknowledge the holiness of God. And as you begin to acknowledge the holiness of God, if another scripture can come into your heart that says something like, who can come ascend the hill of God? Who can ascend into his holy temple? You know, and then before you know it, you've, you've been praying for 30 minutes, one hour, and somehow you, you also then realize that at a point, you just feel a wave all over you that brings you to sometimes even in the place of prayer, a place of quietness. And that place of quietness, if you pay attention enough, you begin to hear God speak to you. And one of the beautiful things you then do at those instances is write some of these things down. Scriptures would pop at you. Now, but that also then brings me to the issue of scriptures only pop at you for the scriptures that you know. Yes, that means if you've never been the type that read your Bible, I wonder what, so that's where people then do, when I open my Bible, the first verse I open. Or when I open my Bible, the middle page, or wherever I close my eye and point a finger is the, is the place I want to, that is talking to me. The <laughs> scriptures that will jump at you are the scriptures that have either been registered in your subconscious or that you have read before, yes, most of the time. I'm not saying God can point verses to you. I'm not saying God can speak into you. You can have an inner witness. Are you saying that? Are you saying that those people that open their scriptures anywhere and say, "Oh, I flip my Bible open and anywhere it turns to, uh, <laughs> it is like voodoo"? Is that what well, you're sure, I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it is impossible, but it is a, it's a real thing in terms of you just open your Bible and then you want scriptures to jump at you. Yeah. There must have been a level of work with God where you think that works for you. Most of the time, you get interpretation of scriptures. Yes, and that, that has worked a, a, a lot of times. And you begin to, okay, the other thing, you, the other thing that then begins to work with you to know that the Spirit of God works in, 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 in very unique ways is that by the time you are done with prayer and you begin to go into your day, you might just decide to go for your, somebody's, I do it once in a while, or occasionally I do it, where I feel like, oh, I just want to read devotional. And then I open my devotional and the same thing God was pointing my attention to in prayer is the theme of the devotion. That, that is something. Or you decide to go on YouTube and listen to somebody preaching today, and the person preaching is actually describing exactly what you got in the place of prayer. That is a bit of, that is some form of confirmation. Now, that means that it is what you carry within you that you fly with. If you are not carrying anything, you can't fly with anything. So I, I tend to encourage people that it is worth giving a try by um, just start small. Sometimes, if I, and the interesting thing I have learned for myself about prayer is that the best time to pray is even when you're in. And the longest time I spend in prayer is sometimes even when I'm weary. 
like I'm just like I don't feel like praying, I don't feel like praying, I just summon the courage to mutter. And as you begin to mutter, it leads you, it leads you. And that is also the place of praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. And then uh, I'd say that I, I think the other thing we then need to do in, in terms of praying is um, how then do we practice praying without ceasing? Meaning that we find a way to pray even while we are physically not in a secluded place mm-hmm. by muttering things, by whispering tongues, <laughs> by engaging your spirit. Uh, pastors, I, I think I, I, I like uh, where you go to, and um, I would love to uh, probably make uh, ask you a few questions around that because um, um, some people that are online today, and a couple of people that are probably going to be listening to this podcast later, are probably professionals as well. And um, there's this space of um, you know people people say the people we treat Christian work as if we are starting a generator. You know, um, you first want to wind the generator before the generator starts, and then you know, as though um, I mean, just like I said, we are a generator. Why we are we are an airplane where you probably have to warm it up before you get into the motion. And the question I want to ask you: I, I know the nature of your work. You're a medical doctor, and you have patient, and like, how do you? Has there been ever any time when you had to, you know, you had to pray in your work workplace? Has there been any time like that where you had that nudging? How how do you navigate such moments? Well, I, I think I think I'll point two things there. The scripture says it will live with the spirit. Let us also walk by the spirit. Yes, I'm not a perfectionist. I'm not a. Uh, I wouldn't use the word. I'm a perfect guy. So I had this. And the second thing that is closely related to that is that that I then have this where I I I lose my balance, and that is why when the Bible was talking about we should avoid unnecessary talks or wholesome talks and unwise talks. That is where it comes in. Uh, also, when we say we are fasting, it is not because we are trying to bribe God. It is because it helps us to at least remember, oh, she, you are fasting today. And so because you're fasting, you probably spend some time praying. And that prayer can just be me whispering tongues all through the day. Yes, sir. Now, when that happens, um, so what I tend to encourage people to do is that uh, I think one of the things, like I was saying during the early part of this year, God was really raising in my heart, is that we must learn that we are spirit beings. And as spirit beings, we must be able to engage God every time. We must be conscious of the fact that we are spirit beings. And the only way we can be conscious of that fact is to engage the spirit of God. Um, uh, because I, uh, one of the things that God was laying in my spirit was the fact that uh, we have turned the Holy Spirit to like a gift that we keep somewhere. Instead, it is meant to be a manifestation, a daily, day-by-day manifestation. And the problem with not manifesting it is that all the benefits we are meant to get from having the Spirit of God inside of us, we're not manifesting them. You know, uh, Paul was saying that you need to find the flame that you received. Sorry, find to flame the gift that you have received. You know, uh, building up ourselves upon our most holy faith in Jude, praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, that means that in, in those instances, if you are troubled about something, you pray in tongues about it. Because the truth about it is that that is even the perfect time to pray into the will of the Father. You pray in tongues. You don't need to, you don't need to, sometimes I'm unconscious of the fact that, oh, somebody just said, oh, were you talking to me? I said, no, I wasn't talking to you. I was praying in tongues. And sometimes I'm trying to do a task and it's difficult and, uh, and I'm just praying in tongues, muttering tongues about it, muttering tongues, muttering tongues about it. Sometimes I like to do tasks at work because that gives me the opportunity to just whisper tongues and do all of those things. You know, but sometimes, some days are better than others, to be honest. Some days you consciously prayed about something. For, as you are leaving the house, you know you want to pray. All through the day, you, every time 
Sometimes you forget. Sometimes you lose your guard. All you need to do is, once you remember, switch back to that mode. And you can easily switch back to that mode. And if you have so much wasted your day in doing things that are irrelevant or grieving the Holy Spirit, you know yourself. All you need to do is find a way to connect back to God. God, I'm sorry, I received mercy. And then engage the Spirit of God and, and take it from there. And that is the way it tends to work for me. Thank, 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 thank you very much for that. I, I love what you said. Um, I, I think something I will take away from this place is take it from there. And I, I think I like that statement, take it from there. Like, um, I, I, I think um, um, that's a very important thing for people to know that wherever it is that you are, you can pick up your relationship with God. You can pick up your conversation with God. You can pick up your communion with God. And um, just looking at uh, the, the story of the prodigal son, how the father said, um, how the father threw his hands wide to receive him back, to fellowship with him, uh, to fellowship with him back. And I, and I, and I think that's a very uh, important analogy. Like, take it from there. Like, that, that's a very important statement. Thank you for that, sir. Uh, um, one more question on my mind, and before we begin to, to, to round up, is, uh, is I don't want to just talk a little bit about hearing God. Um, because um, prayer is a, is a dialogue, right? So if I'm talking to someone and I'm not hearing that person, um, then there's an issue. And uh, we know that the problem is not that God is not speaking. <laughs> so <laughs> the problem is that uh, we're receiving that um, conversation back from God. Uh, it is where the challenge is. And, and I know if we start a conversation on hearing God, I know we'll probably take some, maybe two hours or three hours to, to dissect and look into hearing God. But I want to just speak generally about hearing God, you know, um, I want to just speak generally about that. You know, what, what are the things that you can say? Because, I mean, a lot of things, some people say, I hear God through dreams. And I'm like, do you want to go and sleep during the day so that you can hear God, you know? And, you know, a couple of other things like that. So what can you say about hearing God generally, sir? Oh, hearing God. Thank God you know that it's actually a very essential thing. And I say, well, I think I've spoken about it um, today. And um, I think the, the, the point, and they always encourage people to do first is to try and learn to hear God from the conventional means, which is let's start from the Bible, let's start from His Word, because His Word are His mind towards us. The Bible says all scriptures are given by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I was in a meeting sometime last month or two months ago, and it was a Bible study, and someone was saying, Oh, there seems to be a time where God is silent. And I told the person, you know, I shared in that meeting, I understand what they mean. God can be silent about a particular issue, but God is never silent. God is always speaking. Yes, because if, even if God is silent about a particular issue, the scripture is never silent about everything. Yes, so when it seems that you, you, you so I always encourage people, how much of God have you heard from his word? How much of God? Mm -hmm. And if I feel that I can't hear God from his word, I, if I feel that I can't hear God from his word, if I want healing, I listen to a man of God. God on healing. And then you ask yourself, this same passage I've read and I did not see this light. Somebody else has read it and has seen this light. And if the Bible says we see the fountain of life, life, in your light we see light. Yes, sir. Come at, uh, and the Bible was saying that thou will not be light my candle. Uh, the Bible says that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. I don't want to go into this topic in full detail. He said the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, passing into the lower part of the belly. Now, if I can't speak that light and my fellow saints are speak the light, I can share in the person's light under corporate anointing. Yes, so, one, I encourage people how about learning, hearing from God the conventional means, which is his word. The problem we have with all of us, 
what a lot of us in our generation is. We want someone to tell us the mind of God. I also like it. If somebody can come and tell me what will happen to me tomorrow, I probably stop praying. <laughs> we want a prophet. I, I, I a have prophet. a question on that, but I, I, I'm tempted that uh, uh, we'll shoot above the 35 minutes. Well, we, we, have, we, have, we, have a pro, we want a prophet. But it is our generation has even so much more dwelt on the power of the devil to harm than the power of God to deliver. Now, I was sharing with my wife um, last week on this same team, and I was saying something like, I don't want to know if it is my grandmother that is the witch. All I know is that the Bible says that every tongue that rises against me, I shall condemn. If it happens to be my grandmother, so be it. But we, want, we are in a generation that we want someone to come and tell us that it is our grandmother. And then you begin to panic and look at your grandmother with one negative eye. I don't dwell in such territories. I dwell in the territory of the reality of the word of God. And so, so I encourage people to try and hear from the conventional means. And with time, you begin to know about the inner witness. You begin to know about the, the still small voice. You begin to know about people saying, and uh, even people talking about dreams. Uh, I'd rather someone dwell more on, on vision and revelation and trance than dwelling on dreams. You know? And all of, because sometimes dreams come from our thought process, sometimes dreams dream come from the devil in terms of trying to manipulate our thought pattern. Yes, you know, so I, I always say that one gold standard that we know, because the Bible itself told us that all scripture is given by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, so the Bible cannot be used by the devil. Except that Bible verse you are picking, someone is the one picking it for you. If you are the one reading your Bible for yourself, then you know that this is the word of God to you. Now, not to quote, get me wrong, of course, even the devil quoted the scriptures to, to Jesus. But we also know that Jesus responded by telling him what has been written. So it is still all in the word, you know? And so I encourage people to, to dwell on the word, read the word, study the word, think and meditate upon the word. Think and meditate upon the word. And with time, even when God speaks to you with a still small voice, it has to align with the word of God. Yes, what prophecy comes from people to you, it still has to align with the word of God. Because if it does not align with the word of God, it is no prophecy. Yes, because the Bible talks about the purpose of prophecy for comfort, for education. You know, and so we need to, we need to align. So I always tell people, it always comes down to the word of God. How much of the word of God you know, how much of the word of God you have studied, and how much of the word of God you are willing or you have internalized over time. Amen. Amen. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you very much for that, Pastor. Uh, uh, I, 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 I would have, I, I have a lot of questions in my head, but um, I think um, it's just best, you know, uh, if if we just um, stop here. So, final words, sir. Um, what are you going to say finally to people? You know, in this journey of um, as we end twenty twenty, I mean, everybody wants to hear God going into twenty twenty one. Everyone wants to start twenty twenty one strong. Everybody is looking forward to 20, an amazing 2021. What are your final words? What, what are you going to say to people to say, oh, you know what, as you're ending this year, this is what you should probably be doing in your communion and your prayer work with God. And as you're going to 2021, this is what you should make your habit. What are you going to say to people? Final words. Okay. Well, I, 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 I was um, saying last week that um, I know a lot of people are used to hearing from their pastors. Uh, 2022, this year is going to be this, these are the things. It comes down to the same thing. People wanting people to hear God for them. I'd say that for me, uh, in, in terms, I, 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 would all, I would encourage all of us to find time to seek God better. 
And I'm not saying it for the fun of it. I'm saying it because there lies our salvation. So take, for example, one of the things God has been laying in my heart is that, oh, um, we, we, we're going to dwell in light in 2021. And take, for example, what, and then God started expanding what the light means and all of those things. And I then realized that whatever is going on in, in the world right now had happened before. There had been plagued before. The very first plague happened in the land of Egypt, where God bombarded Egypt with plagues. But in the camp of the Israelites, none of those plagues got to them. And it was only supernatural. And it is, now, why am I dwelling on that? I'm not trying to tell you what God is saying will apply to everybody in 2021. It is my own personal faith. Now, I'm, I'm, I was only using that as an example to say that it is only in the place of prayer and communion with God that you are going to be able to detach yourself or attach yourself from the realities of the world. This year now, a lot of people, a lot of believers have shortchanged themselves by saying, oh, the world is a spoiled place, the world is cancelled, our life is... In fact, people went as far as making unnecessary jokes, irrelevant jokes, and somebody saying, when they ask you what did you do in 2020, you say you washed your hands. We joke about issues of destiny. We joke about things that are very, very paramount. We use our own mouth to confess horrible and terrible things into our lives. But as we engage God in the place of communion and fellowshipping, God begins to establish our hearts to let us know what is our place and what we should be doing, even in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the pandemic, in the midst of challenges, in the midst of trials, in the midst of situations in the world. Because the truth is this, there has been no time that there has been an attack on the head that the children of God were not spared. Exactly. Now, I don't want to go into the details of, am I saying people that died are not children of God? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying everyone has got to make it a personal affair and stand in their place. And the only way you can stand in your place is to engage God for yourself. God, what are you saying? There are prevailing situations. The Bible says in Isaiah 60, which is one of the things that God expanded in my heart about light. He said that darkness will cover the head. Gross darkness, the people. But then the Bible says, but the glory of God will be risen upon you. That means whatever we are facing in the head, for example, now, is not on all. God, the Bible even had said it, that darkness will cover the head. Gross darkness, the people. But the glory of God will be risen upon you. And the same thing down to business. No matter how bad business is, economy is, inflation is, some people still prosper this year. Absolutely. Whoever owns Zoom has probably made, only God knows how much Zoom has made this year. All in the name of short lockdown. You know, that is what we are saying. Taking it as a personal affair, and it is only the place of communion with God that it can be a personal affair. So I'll tell people, take God personal, and if you are falling, or if you think you're not doing it right, there's someone jokingly that was telling me, oh, I'm sorry, God, I've not prayed. And I said, no, stop being sorry, start praying. Yeah. <laughs> there is nothing like I'm sorry. You don't need to be sorry. Now yeah. you know where you have done it wrong. Fix yeah. it. Start. Yeah. start. So wherever you have start, you, you stray again, start again. Sometimes you are slowing down, start again. Sometimes you need someone to push you, start again. Wherever you are, start from there and go from there. Amen.
Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much, um, Dr. Pastor Oluwashi Okewale, for, um, for joining me to have this conversation with everyone here and everyone that will be listening to it. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Um, we still have a couple of more sessions coming up. Um, we have Pastor Seiko, Pastor Lumudi, and a couple of friends, industry professionals as well from Bokhtan Gambu, people doing their postdoctoral uh, PhD program. I, I mean, it's going to be an amazing 10 over 10 conversation. Thank you so much, um, Pastor Shei. I can't appreciate you. Know, you know, I love you so much. Um, thank you, know, you for having me. Yeah, yeah, dear to my heart, and um, I, I respect you a lot. So everyone, um, do have a lovely um, evening or uh, morning, wherever it is that you're joining us from, and uh, I hope to see you in the forthcoming sessions. Thank you so much. All right, thank you for having me, Chef. All right, sir. Bye, sir.